Welcome to VoiceOver Experts, brought to you by Voices.com, the number one voiceover marketplace. VoiceOver Experts brings you tips, pearls of wisdom, and techniques from top instructors, authors, and performers in the field of voiceover. Join us each week to discover tricks of the trade that will help you to develop your craft and prosper as a career voiceover talent. It's never been easier to learn, perform and succeed from the privacy of your own home and at your own pace. This is truly an education you won't find anywhere else. This week, Voices.com is pleased to present Debbie Monroe. So you're short on space and need a studio. I know the feeling. I've actually moved away from my custom-made studio and had to rent for a short time. So now I have the ins on how to make a studio set up for yourself in small, confined spaces. I do understand now that there's a lot to it when you're trying to build a studio in a small space. And I think I've come up with some solutions that are very cost-effective. I'm going to give you the ins and outs on a lot of home studio building, but at the same time, time, I want to gear you towards the most economical way for you. You decide what works for you. Ideally, there's a wonderful, wonderful portable studio out there called the Voice Box. I believe through Harlan Hogan, but I'm not, don't quote me on that now. The Voice Box is actually a portable, compact studio that folds up to its own carrying case. Oh, ideally, I would love to have this. I'd love to take it on the road with me when I'm voicing uh, instead of using the hotel curtains and everything else that I have to use. The cost isn't exactly cheap, but definitely well worth it. I think it's over $1,295 U.S., so there's a bit of an expense there. But if you have the money, that's what I do ideally first. It folds up, you can use it wherever you want to go, and that way you have a portable studio at all times. Now that I've moved to a rental situation, I've had to deal with a lot of noise issues. Not just noisy outside, but there's also, if you're in an apartment setting or a condo setting, you have to consider that you have to listen for the sounds around you. For example, the neighbors flushing the toilet or running their washer and dryer. Even the refrigerator running or the microwave running can cause interference or noise that is unwanted in your studio. You can't avoid that, but what you can do is try to make a way to barrier your mic so it's not picking up that sound. The beauty about the mics that we use in voiceover is that it's cardioid, meaning it's heart-shaped. And in the back of the microphone, it doesn't pick up sound. Does that mean it doesn't pick up anything? Well, not really. But a good preamp will help your sound be even more clear. The one thing about these mics, however, is they do pick up everything. They can hear you burping. They can hear gas bubbles. They can hear whatever is going on. There's times when I'm in my studio in this newer rental location that I'm in where I can hear cars going by. It's amazing, but even though I'm hearing it in my ears, it seems that the producers are not hearing it in my takes, so I'm pretty lucky that way. But I've got a really good preamp and a really good digiboard, so that is kind of helping me out a lot. Right now, I'm in a closet, believe it or not. It's not the most ideal location because I'm used to a very nice studio, but I'm in a rental and I'm not able to build. So I've taken a really nice size closet and I've added quilting fabric and or moving blankets like ferny blankets, which are acoustically correct, and I've surrounded the entire closet with pins. And so I've done no damage to anything. However, I'm able to voice the sound that you're hearing right now in the comfort of my studio. Now, being in a closet, 
closet isn't the most ideal situation. But you know what? It pays the bills, and I've been doing it for a fair bit of time now. So now moving into a new home will help me where I can renovate my studio my way. But even when I'm looking for places to live, I have to accommodate that house to make sure I can accommodate a studio. Now, I know firsthand about accommodating recording needs. Um, I began by purchasing big PVC pipes. There was a great um, article written in James Allberger's e-studio book about connecting PVC pipes, those black pipes that you can get at Home Depot, preferably the bigger ones so that you got some good support. Then I bought some industrial-type Velcro. I had sewn one side of the Velcro to the quilts or to the ferny blankets, and the other side pasted onto the post. I made a perfectly rectangular box that I was able to stand in that was a nice amount of room. I had room in my apartment to be able to accommodate this as well. I velcroed all the pieces together, including the roof and the sides, and I was able to voice comfortably inside my PVC studio. So that's a great advantage point for you. You'll need the PVC piping. You want to make it quite large depending on your height, but you might want to consider someone else may one day be in your studio voicing as well. We're now producers, or mini producers, and so accommodating for future voicing is a good idea because you may have a male or female coming in to voice a spot with you and maybe you can't accommodate because it was built too short. So keep these things in mind as you're building your studio. Now inside the PVC studio, I made a little bit of a Velcro door so that I'm able to get in and out quite freely. It worked very well. I purchased elbows and had to cut a specific hole inside the elbow because it didn't come with enough holes to connect my pipes together to make my box. Now this is a tall box. Mine in particular was seven feet by three and a half feet, I believe, in width. So it's it's quite large, so you need to have the space, like I say, to accommodate it. Now, it was challenging at first trying to get the studio to stay still and to get the quilting fabric on it, etc., etc. But when it's worth it, it's worth it. And I found it worth it, no question. Now, when I moved into this particular apartment, my first side of renting as a voice artist, um, I was very lucky that it had a big laundry room without any washer or dryer. And at that time, I didn't have a washer and dryer, so I was able to put my studio inside that closet, if you will. Now, whatever it takes, I mean, I'll do whatever I can. I even take a portable studio camping with me. I'll have to send a picture out about that one day. Um, but me inside my little Saturn sports coupe with my daughter's camping blanket over top. Yeah, I know. What am I thinking? Well, for me, I don't want to turn down a job. My family might hate that, but here I am camping, enjoying the weekend. It took me 30 minutes to voice something, send it off, and I'm done. Of course, I had to travel to go send it because there was no internet at the campsite, but I was able to sit in my little sports Saturn coupe and a little flashlight, my camping blanket, my laptop on the dash, my script in hand, microphone, and voicing away. You can make a studio wherever you are. You can make this work. So I don't want to hear the excuses of I have no space because we've got some really great solutions for you. Now, I didn't last very long in that apartment because it just wasn't a great location. And I found another place that was really really good and roomy, but with only two rooms in it. And I have a daughter, so she has sacrificed pretty much her bedroom for my office and my studio. Imagine a 12-year-old girl with no closet. So we've accommodated in other areas, and I'm just really lucky she's been very accommodating.
accommodating to me and that she's a voicer herself so she understands. The lucky thing for me is Brandy loves to be with me, so due to the nature of my original move, we have only have one nice bed, so her and I share it. Therefore, losing the closet space is a pain, but livable, especially when the little room pays the bills. So yes, two high fashion girls with only one closet and a makeshift closet. That is now a studio. <laughs> Tough times, tight quarters, but again, it's all worth it for the outcome. Okay, so the studio worked really well for me, uh, but for my coaching and directing, not as much. I certainly didn't want to put people in a closet. I have, but I certainly didn't want to. However, I'm able to take the studio out when it's not a demo recording or something like that and do it in my main living area. So that's fine, too. I don't know if you know this, but you can even accommodate an extremely large space and make it acoustically correct. The sound takes longer to travel when it's a larger space, so as long as the floor is quite carpeted or you're not hearing a lot of echoes or a lot of background noise, you could get away with just a few what's called baffle walls or baffling. The layman's terms of that would be a piece of plywood, let's say, or drywall with some foam over top, some nice acoustic foam, and that allows the sound to absorb in it. It also allows you to stop your straight edges in your corners where the sound travels and bounces back. The ideal thing, as James Alberger says, is do the clap test. When you clap, are you hearing an echo? If you're hearing an echo, the acoustics aren't good. The idea is you want to voice it, and when your voice leaves your mouth, you want it to absorb into the material against the wall so that it doesn't reflect back. Therefore, drywall and paint and metal and things like that are no good because it just bounces right back. So if you have a really large space, why not try putting some quilting fabric or some acoustic blankets or moving blankets along the walls and see if that is good enough for sound absorption for you. And you may not need a private studio. But there's things you need to consider. Is your computer making noise. All computers make noise. A lot of major high-end studios will put a casing around the computer system so that you can't hear the fan. In other words, they're soundproofing the computer so that you can be in the same room recording as the computer is. You're going to have to decide that for yourself. Some are louder than others. And in fact, the more advanced we get, the louder these fans seem to get because the more fanning it needs. Now you want to be careful because if you close off the fan, your computer isn't going to air out and that could cause it to overheat. So you obviously don't want something like that. Now keep in mind, the key to your studio isn't necessarily soundproofing. It's making it acoustically correct. As I said, that clap test will be a really good key for you to figure out if it's, you know, actually acoustically correct or not. You can learn so much about building studios through two fabulous books that I'd personally recommend. If you go to www.voiceacting.com slash products slash Monroe... Look for the ebook to home studios through James Allberger and uh, Penny Abshire. This is an excellent book and it's very economical. It'll give you so much of the information that you need as far as acoustics and situations and how to build them and options to studio setups. And as an addition to this book, The Actor's Guide to Home Recording, which is written by the amazing voice talent Harlan Hogan and his amazing engineer Jeffrey Fisher. This book is just jam-packed with not only information around your studio, but also about how to record sound. So it's a really good step-by-step from beginning to end. So the two combined, you're set and you'll know what to do. But I've got some of my own ideas that I would like to share. Something I just discovered. I am a scrapbookaholic. So I love scrapbooking and I recently purchased a scrapbook tote box from Costco. Now it's going to hold all my scrapbook supplies and it's it's a square box which kind of looks like a crate and it's actually got a pull handle on it like a suitcase and wheels. So I can actually take it and try 
transported around. Now, it's a fairly nice size. Not so much I could actually step into the box, but I'm thinking I've got the best voice box. Now, I haven't tested it out yet, but I'm positive that this is going to work. So what I'd like to do is take that tote box, and instead of putting all the packaging in it that goes in for the pouches and things like that, we'll hold my scrapbook supplies and organize it. I'm not using those at all. I'm going to buy some acoustic, proper acoustic foam because if I'm dealing with that little of a space, the expense of acoustic foam is very much worth it. I'm going to line the entire box, other than the opening, of course, with the acoustic foam. I'm going to put my microphone on a tabletop mic stand instead of the professional stands that have the arm on it that you can extend, which is what I use in my studio. But you can use a desktop mic stand. Most microphones come with a shock mount as well as another piece that will allow you to hook up to a desktop type of mic stand. So in this case, I grab my desktop mic stand. I put it in the far back of the box as far as I can go, the opening facing me. Now I put that up to a table high enough for me to stand up in. I prefer to stand when I voice. Perhaps you don't mind sitting? Then have it at a sitting position. That's just fine. Even at your studio desk, I think this could work. Now you have to be careful again with that computer noise, so make sure you're not hearing anything else. But I think that this box is going to barricade it quite well. Many of us are learning about the voice box and different ways to do this, so there's a lot of different options, but this is just my economical idea. You say you're short on space, that means you need something that you can take off and on and put away. Well, this is perfect. I'm hoping, in fact, that I can use it as a portable studio, throw all my equipment in it when I'm done, and actually travel with it. So I'm going to get some inventors to try and invent me a little more to go with it so I can close it off, seal it up, and put it off on a plane if I need to. Now, what you would do is get something tall enough that you can put that box into so that you can stand right in front of the box and voice right into the microphone. Now, it's not going to pick up anything behind the microphone because there's nothing there to pick up. It's the box. You don't want to have the microphone at the edge of the box. You want to have it as far back as you can. I think this will work, so give it a try and let me know. If you need some more information about that, just give me a holler or email or something and I'll try and elaborate a little more. As well, read my tip of the month, which is in my newsletter at uh, www.debsvoice.com. And please fire me off an email and we'll get you subscribed to that. And have a read through all that I've written for the tip of the month because it coincides with what I'm talking about right now. Now, this box was only $24.99. That's Canadian dollars, so I'm not sure what it'll be for you. But that's a pretty cheap studio. Now I add my acoustic foam, maybe another... 30 or $40, and I've got my studio set up. I may, in fact, put a hole inside the box so that I can wire my XLR plugs through the box, therefore not having to go outside of it, but, you know, use your own discretion. So this will work for a desk. This will work for a table. You can do whatever you want with that. There are many options out there regarding this voice box idea that people are elaborating on now, and so there's different levels to do this and different expenses. Personally, for me, I'd love to buy that most expensive one, and one day I really will. However, if you're on a tighter budget, I'd rather see you invest in education and make your studio work for you as cheap and cost-efficient as you can so that you can put your money better spent elsewhere. Now, another idea might be to add a door to the opening. So where you're going to voice into the opening of the box. Remember those old-fashioned cameras in the olden days when you saw photographers taking a picture and they put a blanket around their head above the camera? Why not put another 
blanket or an acoustic fabric of some sort around the outside so that you can open it, put it around you. Ideally, I'd love to see you wire something above the box so that it, the blanket isn't actually touching your head. Because if, the, if you're supporting the blanket with your head, the chances are you're going to be restricted in your movement. And we want you to move around while you're voicing because it just gives much better sound. Now, there is another solution that is also economical, which is building your own voice box with maybe some really thin plywood and either some really good acoustic foam, which again, I'd invest in that good acoustic foam, or the acoustic blankets or some really good thick quilting fabric. This box in particular would be as big as an average medium-sized kitchen table almost, so it's quite large. In fact, what I'd like to see you do is buy an old table from a garage sale or something, cut an arc into it where you can kind of step into it, make the box be built around the table so that you actually have to step inside the box to voice into the microphone. Then maybe you can have an arm coming down from the roof of the box that allows your microphone to hang upside down the way we usually do with condenser microphones. So there's lots of different options here, and, you know, that's a work in progress in itself, so there's many ideas that we can add to that. I hope you know what I mean. You're going to take a table of some sort, cut a little bit of an arcway into it, place the box over top, maybe make it so it has hinges on it so you can fold it up and put it away when you don't need it. We all have a kitchen table. We might not be able to move the kitchen table. We might not be able to cut an arcway into it either, but we do have a kitchen table, which means we do have space for a studio. So you can figure this out. Just use your imagination and try to MacGyver whatever space you are dealt with. And don't let that be a reason to not voice. So this bigger voice box will work very similar to the little voice box. You want to line everything up, leave the opening, and you want to try to step into the box to voice. That's the key, really, so that you're right beside your microphone and nothing is going to be picked up when you're inside a box like that. I've even had another student in Saskatchewan build a box around the microphone. Now, you have to be careful. This box has to be not too close to the microphone, but close enough that you're barricading the sounds around it. Just make sure not the front of it. So you can test that kind of thing out, but as well, whatever's coming into the mic is what it's picking out. So it's really you that almost needs to be barricaded, not really the microphone as much. But you may find that helps you as well. You have to be pretty ingenuitive to be able to do that, because in order to make a box actually maintain itself on your microphone or on your microphone stand, yeah, you have to be a pretty good handyman for that. If you get really creative, you can make this and use it to haul your equipment, use it to voice in, um, doing whatever you can to utilize the fact that you can voice anywhere in the world. I've proven it. I've always camping. <laughs> okay. There's so many more options than this, but this will be proof that no matter how small your space, as long as you're willing to compromise some of your space, you can record professional sound. There's so much more I could go on with, but I don't want to take up much more of your time. If you have any questions or want to talk to me about your space and how we can make that work, feel free to email me at info at debsvoice.com or go to my website, www.debsvoice.com, and we will help you out as much as we can. Thanks so much for listening. Keep voicing. Get that studio going. No more excuses. And get educating so we can make you some money. Until next time, everyone, take care. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about the special guest featured in this Voices.com podcast, visit the VoiceOver Experts show notes at podcasts.voices.com slash voiceoverexperts. Remember to stay subscribed. 
If you're a first-time listener, you can subscribe for free to this podcast in the Apple iTunes podcast directory or by visiting podcasts.voices.com. To start your voiceover career online, go to voices.com and register for a voice talent membership today.